What's up, everybody? I got so excited about meeting these ladies that I totally messed up the episode number. The episode is episode two, not episode three. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of The Forgotten Group. Um, today, I have two friends with me. I have Jamie Hannon, who is 29 years old, lover of Jesus. Um, she loves coffee. She loves laughter. She's a pediatric. She's been a pediatric nurse for three and a half years. She graduated from the University of Oklahoma School of Nursing in 2015. She took a year off for mission work, um, and she's worked at the University of Oklahoma's Children Hospital, Children's Hospital in OKC. Um, currently, she's working at Baylor Scott and White Hillcrest. My other friend, her name is Ajalon, but we call her Shantavia. She's 22. She's amazing. Um, anyways, uh, she's, a, she's from a small town in Jackson, called Jackson, Alabama. Um, she currently attends Prairie View a &M University in Prairie View, Texas. She's double majoring in chemistry and criminal justice and double minoring in Spanish <laughs> and finance. <laughs> and she's a minister of dance and a servant of the Lord. She also loves to sing, write, and read. These are... We talk about some incredible people. <laughs> hey, girl, Shantavia, you are amazing. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate Glory it. to God, okay? Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I'm going to just go ahead and jump into these questions. I'm going to just kind of alternate and do like one other and a both question. Um, so my first question is for Jamie. Um, how has being in the med medical field changed your view of being healthy? Um, this is a great question. Um, so I started my like journey in healthcare as a, um, nursing assistant mm -hmm. and, um, it, I was working with a lot of older adults that have a lot of preconditions or, um, just like, like COPD, mm -hmm. hypertension, all these different things. And, um, the more I was around them and the more I realized that like, to me being like late forties, early fifties is not that old. And these people were like really sick and bedridden already. Mm -hmm. And it just made me start thinking a lot more about like, okay, what I do today is going to influence who I am when I'm, you know, in my late forties, early fifties. Right. And it's just made me really like, want to think about preventative medicine and preventative health um, in addition to obviously I'm a medical care professional. So it's like treating illnesses as well, but like how can we be healthy now so mm -hmm. that when we do need healthcare, it's, it's, we don't have all these long-term preconditions. Um, so it's made me want to be healthier as a whole. Um, so yeah. That's cool. Okay. Um, so kind of sort of segueing from that, Shantavia, what is your best advice for students in health related majors that haven't necessarily got gone into the field yet? What I would definitely say is get as much exposure as you can. Talk to your uh, academic advisors, talk to someone who is in the field currently, make some connections because 
sometimes we get into things and it's like, it, it looks good on the outside, but when we are actually in it and we're doing it, it's kind of like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that this was all that this entailed. And so for me, that kind of uh, involved getting involved in research on the campus, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, looking into things, uh, shadowing is a good thing uh, to do if you can. Now that can be kind of hard, but try as hard as you can, you know, get in contact with people. It's connections, honestly. Uh, right. Find somebody, mentor if you can. Preferably someone who is in the field that you are wanting to go into mm-hmm. so that they can give you the ins and outs of what's going on. They can kind of show you the ropes, kind of tell you, okay, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to know how to do this. Can you handle this? Right. So it, it's, it's really imperative to know exactly what you're getting yourself into so you don't waste your time. You right, know? exactly. Yeah. So, so like if you yeah. want to do pediatrics or I guess more something more specific, like if you want to do bone stuff and stuff like that, you shouldn't be like shadowing like a skin doctor type person. You need to yeah, no. more so. OK, that makes sense. Um, and then for both of you, um, how does your relationship with God affect your health? either one of you can answer okay I can start um this is I was really uh excited that you asked this question because this has been a journey that God's been having me on um for the last several years um I think over the last several years I have it's really um it's really like hit me that like the body that God has given me is my responsibility. It's Mm -hmm. his temple and like what I do and how I foster health for myself can directly affect the way that I serve the Lord. Um, It's just like really hit me because for so long, I just believed culturally like, Oh, eating healthy and and, like being fit. It felt more like a, I just want to look good, like more right. than vanity, vanity thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the last probably two or three years, I felt like God has really shifted my thoughts to being like, no, like my body is his temple. So therefore mm-hmm. I want to cultivate health and I want to take care of it because I want to be able to do everything that he's called me to do and placing value on <clears throat> eating healthy, working out, taking care of my mental health, as well as my physical health. Like, right that is going to directly affect the way that I serve the Lord. And so it, it's been a big thing in my heart and in my relationship with the Lord in the last like two to three years. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. What about you? Girl, that was, that was good, Jamie. Okay. (laughs) I really felt that because we, you know, we pray for health and we pray for strength and, you know, all these things, but what we don't realize is God has also given us the ability to make choices and decisions. And so, yes, you can pray for health and for strength, but what are you doing right. to reflect that prayer? Because if you're eating junk food all the time and you're praying for strength, it's like, hold on, that's a contradiction. You're praying and asking me for health and strength, but you're not portraying what you're asking me for. Right. And so right. for me, it's, it's just intentionality. Honestly, being intentional, because if it's something that I'm going to ask God for, it's something that I need to be prepared to actually act out mm-hmm. and not just ask him for. So yes, and especially yes. with me being a minister of dance in, in ministry, uh, 
we're dancing, we're flagging, we have to have stamina. And so we can't be just eating crazy stuff, taking all this thing, these uh, things in that are draining us. And because we have to have strength, we have to have stamina to be able to minister whatever the Lord is, is one is calling us to say to the, um, the congregation in the moment. And Mm -hmm. we can't do that if we out of shape and all this other stuff. And so yeah, our health de- definitely affects how we can serve the Lord because if we're, you know, not doing what we're supposed to do, then things are going to be off, you know? Yeah. I think that's so. There's a, this is like kind of related, I guess, more so to mental health, but um, I, I was a very weird person. But when I was a freshman, I would always like see, um, particularly white girls, I would see them like play with their hair. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. And I was like, oh man, I want to start playing with my hair. And so I started playing with my hair when I was a freshman in college and I would do it when I was studying. And it became this habit to where whenever I was super focused, whether I was studying or if somebody asked me a deep question, I would just start doing that. And I would do it in the part of my hair that was already really weak. And so it caused issues. And so it made my hair even weaker. And it's like the dead middle of my hair. And so, you know, like I have an Afro and if you have an Afro everywhere else, but the center, it looks very strange. <laughs> um, and so anyways, uh, I think I got to like senior year and I was like, God, can you please help me to not do this because it's unhealthy. Like, even if it's not something that's like, you know, um, deadly is something that is, I can't keep doing this throughout my life or I'm just going to create bald spots all over my head and that's not healthy. Um, and so I think it was like a good like month and a half that I, I went without doing it um, because it was more so also I realized it was a, like a lack of trust thing because I was nervous and I was anxious about things and I would start twisting my hair instead of saying, okay, God, this is what I'm thinking about or this is what I'm you know anxious about. Um, and so I kind of used it as a coping mechanism rather than going and talking to him um, I ended up doing it again. I don't do it as much now. Um, because I know like if I put it up in a bun or if I put like a bonnet on or just something like some kind of barrier, it's easier for me to not do it. But, um, just even little things like that, little habits, I think that we pick up, we don't realize how we kind of use those things to replace, um, something that, you know, could be really beautiful between us and God, whatever that could be. So, um, So question for Jamie, Uh, have you noticed any disparity of treatment among young, young people and older people? If so, how, how do you think that could be fixed? Um, I would say I I have sadly. Um, I would, I would say I'm thankful because the two places that I have worked at are the hospitals that whatever community I'm in, whether it's Waco where I am now, or it's Oklahoma city, it was where, um, like lower socioeconomic like classes would go to seek medical care and we would never Mm -hmm. turn anybody away. And like, that was actually my first job. I was like, this is definitely why I want to be a part of this. Um, And I think, I think it does, it's just so hard because medical care is expensive. Mm -hmm. So you do see a lot of people, um, not seeking out medical care. I mean, I even have friends that just don't have insurance. And so they like, don't go to the doctor for a really long time. And then they're, they're either not getting the treatment that they need, or they're waiting till they're like really sick. 
You're right. Before they go. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have a, like a heart for that and I want to like figure out a way to fix it. But as I was thinking about it today, I was like, oh my God, this would be multiple levels mm-hmm. of having to change things right. like yeah. insurance, medical care, access to medical care, access mm-hmm. to healthy things, you know, right. uh, like socially, how can we get rid of food deserts in lower income mm-hmm. areas? where we can like make sure that people have access to healthier foods or to good health care. And um, something I value, and this kind of goes into the next question that you may ask me, mm-hmm. um, is that like at my current job, one of our medical teams, they actually offer a weekly uh, lower cost or free, depending on what your insurance level is or mm-hmm. um, your financial status, but it's low, it's a lower cost or free health clinic. And you're still getting to meet with the same doctors that you would see in the hospital, but they're offering it in a way that is more accessible to, um, to, to people to have just normal health like related checkups, you know, mm-hmm. like your physicals or you just need antibiotics or, you know, stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. And I think that's a, an effective way to start the process of seeing things changing. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think. And like you said, there's, there's so many layers to it. Um, just cause the way the system is built. I remember, uh, a couple of months ago, well, last year at this point, but I was at, uh, a ER and basically I had the flu, but we, I didn't know if I had the flu or not. And so we were in the ER and this girl comes in and like, like you could even hear the van pulling up fast before you even heard or saw anybody else. And so they pull up and like, she gets out and she's like, Hey, like, I really need help X, Y, and Z. And like, okay, do you have insurance? And she's like, no, I don't have insurance. And they're like, it's going to be two, you know, $200 out of pocket. And she was like, really? Like, there's nothing else you guys can do. And they're like, we really can't, you know, if you don't have insurance or if you can't pay, then we can't do anything. And she just goes back into the car and I don't know what happens after that. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. I was so badly. I was like, I just want to pay for it. I was like, I just want to pay for it. I was like, because you could see that she was in pain. I didn't know what was going on, but you could just see that she was in so much pain. And it was just really sad to see that. Like if you are like a college student or you're a young kid, or you just don't have a job or don't have the means for that. Or even if you get paid, you can't afford to, you know, shell out $200 it's sad that you can't, you know, get uh, the care that you need. And so that's, that's really, I think, one of the things that made me want to ask that question. Um, and so kind of along the lines of that, too, I was going to ask Shantavia, uh, being a person of color, have you noticed any disparities in treatment from a patient or a provider standpoint at all? That's interesting. So I myself have not experienced any disparities in treatment but my mom my mom is a registered nurse Mm -hmm. and she sees it all the time she tells me stories about uh just seeing people come in people of color come in and it's like (laughs) I don't know it's like everybody finds everything else to do instead of treat that person but if a white person comes in it's like okay let's let's get them into a room let's 
take care of them. Right. And it's like, it, it doesn't really make any sense. My mom has actually seen the doctors in the room, you know, a white person versus a person of color. So a white person mm-hmm. comes in, oh, I'm feeling this kind of pain. And yeah, I, I, it's bothering me and it's doing all this. And they're quick to write them a prescription. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to write you a prescription for this. Go get your prescription and, you know, call back, do a follow-up and all that, you know, all that good jazz. Right. And then a person of color says, I'm in pain. I've been in pain for weeks, for months, whatever the case may be. And then they start asking them questions like, are you sure? You know, what? what's, what's exactly your level of pain? Uh, right. What have you been doing um, in order for this pain to, to come about? And it's like, but you didn't ask all those questions to this other person. As mm-hmm. soon as they told you that they were in pain and they were experiencing these things, you made a consciousness and said, okay, so this may be what it is. And mm-hmm. so let me prescribe you this. But if a person of color comes in, you start asking them all this. So what have you been doing? What's your mm-hmm. home life like? What does that have to do with the pain that I'm feeling right now? And so when my mom tells me these stories, I'm looking at her like, so this is real. Like, I mean, I've read about it, you know, in papers and I've right. heard about it and, you know, but my mom actually sees this on a yeah. day-to-day yeah. basis. And it's like, wow, mom, this is crazy. And I remember one time, I believe she actually spoke up about it. And it's like, when people speak up about it, people act like, oh no, that's not really what's happening. And it's like, but it is happening. People right, know exactly. People see it. People are bringing it to your attention. So, but yeah, there there are definitely some levels of yeah. There's something that that has to be done. And there's some people that may not even notice or realize that they're doing it because That's they have you know, some preconceived notions or whatever they have seen, whatever they have been taught, mm-hmm. and they may not realize it. But there's still definitely a change that has to happen. Wow. I I wanted to. Can I just jump on that too? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I I sadly have seen that happen. Like wow. your mom is so right. Like it does happen and people um even like I've seen it happen with like economic status differences. I'm mm-hmm. like, wh- like, why are we questioning all these different things? Or even like young parents. I work with a lot of like younger parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a lot of patients that are people of color and it just, I see the different responses and it, it's like broken my heart. And, you know, in nursing school, they teach us like you, I, I kind of joke that there's a class every semester called how to be an empathetic person, mm-hmm. but they like teach you how to like face your prejudice and face like everybody has something, whether you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. And then once you identify it, how can we move forward in a way that, that isn't in response to that, but it's right. like, Hey, this is no matter the person in front of me, I want to treat my patient with the utmost care and, and value them and place value and honor on them, regardless of their economic status, um, their race or, or, you know, where they come from or anything like that. And I, I think I was a little bit, um, yeah, I was a little bit like blind to it. Mm -hmm. I was like, does that really happen? And then I was like, wow, this, this does happen and it should not happen ever. So. And I'm glad you said that because if you're coming into a health field 
you should be coming in with a mindset of helping people, right? Not helping white people or helping black people or helping a certain race or a certain economic status. I'm only going to help the people in this tax bracket, right? You should be coming in with a mindset. I'm just coming to help people. I love people. I want to do what I can to make someone else's life better. Exactly. So I, I'm not I'm not even sure where all these things come into play. Like what mindset, what is our what are we thinking about when we do certain things, you know? Right. And right. I didn't put this in the bio, but my official career title that I'm pursuing is physician scientist. Mm-hmm. And so I will not only be, you know, um, seeing patients, but I'll also be in the labs. Uh, doing background work, trying to see, you know, what are the causes of this, not just treating it and sending people away, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, get into the root of the issue. But I shouldn't be in the lab trying to see, okay, I'm I'm only doing this treatment, trying to find this treatment for Black people. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. So it's a mindset. Wow. That's so cool. When y'all were talking, um, this book is so good. I recommend this book to, like, literally everybody. It's called... um, as I am, it's by Julian R. Aku. Um, but there's just, it's just basically, I believe it's like 36 or so women. And they just like talk about their story. He interviews them and everything like that. And there was this one lady in there and she was in the medical field. And I don't remember if she was um, interning or, or what, um, but and all, all of the women in here are African-American women. Um, but she was talking about how a lady came in with her baby and the baby didn't make it. A black lady came in with her baby and the baby didn't make it. And, you know, they were, you know, everything, everybody was kind of sad. And she was kind of like in shock because like, that was like the first time that it had happened. And so, you know, she tries to like get her thoughts together. And so she um, went into like this um, equipment closet and in the trash can of the equipment closet was that baby that the black lady that didn't make it. And she was like, I, she was just done. She was just like, what, what do you mean? She was just, she couldn't even like fathom it. Like she knew that like they, those types of things were going on as far as like just racism and things like that, um, which this was in the nineties, but um, still that's not too far. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so stuff like that. But I think people um, just kind of overlook things and don't think of things in terms of um uh, empathy you know and it's like okay yes this child looks different from maybe what my child looks like or children that I know look like but at the end of the day this is a newborn baby and on top of that that's like that cannot be protocol like you can that's like so many that's so many things that's wrong with that and so um that made me that made me think about that but um on another topic uh because both of y'all are young um is it intimidating being so young in the medical field for both of you? Uh, Okay, I guess I'll start. (laughs) Um, Honestly, being black and female, Mm -hmm. it's like the odds are almost already stacked against you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, masculinity is running wild and pretty much all fields of the world and being black on top of that, you know, people are already questioning your capabilities, questioning who you are because of whatever preconceived notions they have about where you may be from or what kind of education did you get? Because for whatever reason, people do assume that a lot of black people are not educated. 
Right. That's still right. a real thing. That is still a real thing. It is. The black people are not educated. But <laughs> if I went to school and got my undergrad and I've done all these things, what makes you think that I'm not qualified to be in the same space as you? Right. And so right. I definitely have to, you know, pray. Okay. <laughs> pray all the time. Lord, you know, I want to, because I need to be in a place where I can deal with those things, but deal with them in a godly manner. Right. Because we can't, you know, people are already expecting for us to mess up. They're already expecting, you know, something to happen. Mm -hmm. And so they can find one little thing to get you out of place. And so we have to make sure, I have to make sure that everything I say and do is, you know, it's lining up. And it's, you know, it's right, making sure I'm not acting out of character. And it's crazy, you know, you think, well, you really have to do all that. You have to really have to think every little second. What am I saying? What am I doing? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, literally, there are people that are looking for something. They're looking for something. And it's really sad. It's sad that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is still what we're living in in today's time. But in reality, it is. So, yeah, just being who I am makes it intimidating and it, it, not even just being young now being young especially but add on top of that being black and female yeah yeah I have to really like stay on my p's and q's right what about you Jamie um I think being young in the medical field so um I also look younger than I am <laughs> so uh, and being a pediatric nurse, a lot of times I'll like walk into patients' rooms and parents like don't want me to take care of their kid or they don't trust me or, or the, I've had multiple parents, like I can't even count how many times people have been like, are you even old enough to take care of my kid? Oh my like, gosh. do you, do you know what you're doing? Like, how old are you? And I'm like, I, you know, and, and I just lay out like, this is my education. This is where I'm from. I'm actually older than I look like you know, I've been working as a nurse for about four years now, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, but doing it in a way that I would hope communicates like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Like, trust me with your child, but doing it in a way that like is kind. And I can catch myself sometimes being a little bit defensive because Mm -hmm. that parent doesn't know that I've been asked that same question multiple times. Um, but I think just communicating like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I've invested my time and energy into equipping myself to take care of your child. So you can trust me with your child and like, I will advocate for you. Um, I think working, I have had the opportunity to work with older adults and they are like obviously always like you're so young, you know. That most of them think I'm still in high school, yeah. and wow. you know they're like, y'all just keep getting younger and younger. And I'm like, you know, it's just it's fine, but it's I think it's just something you have to deal with and address, and not allow it to like not allow people questioning my capabilities to hinder me communicating no I am capable mm-hmm. um, so yeah um what was I gonna say 
Yeah, and I think the thing about that is like you sometimes people say things and I don't think they think them through. And like, you know, mm. I have a mom that's like super extra and overprotective. So like she definitely I didn't I wouldn't say she questions people, but she definitely is one of those of like um innocent until proven guilty, but you know, if there's a couple of questionable things, then she's gonna definitely ask you a bunch of questions on it. But um, I think in general, people ask things and they don't really realize what they're asking. Cause it's like, are you asking me that I'm unqualified? Okay, so then you're also asking, did this hospital hire someone who is unqualified? Right. Like, um, you know, probably not. Um, I'll never forget, I was working at HEB and I was a bagger and I was bagging up groceries. And this lady looks at me and I'm like, oh, you know, hi, how are you doing, ma'am? Da, 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 da. She didn't really say anything. And then she looks at me again and I'm just smiling like, why is this lady staring at me? And she's like, I thought you were like a 12 year old little boy. And I'm like, okay. I was like, they, you, you can't legally hire a 12 year old. You know what I mean? Like, what do you and she's just smiling about it and she thinks it's hilarious and i'm just like no. okay <laughs> so uh yeah it's wow. it's just weird because i do i know that i look younger than i am like a lot of people still think that i'm like 15 and i'm like i'm 23 <laughs> years old <laughs> um but it 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 to me i think gets annoying but i think like jamie said you have to kind of um just have a resilience i think about about those kinds of things Wow, Jamie, I think you really handled that rather well because I would get tired of people asking me, are you old enough to be here? And I start to think about things like, uh, you, you're asking me, am I qualified? But did you go to school for this? Like, yeah. did you take all this time to go to school? Do y'all know how long we have to go to school? To be <laughs> like, and you're really sitting up here questioning my credentials. Okay, so I believe you handle that rather well. Yeah, thank you. For sure. Yeah, it's just one of those things that happens, and you're like, I mean, it's just working with people every day. You know, mm -hmm. everybody comes in with their own ideas and questions, and you also never know. Like, we had a, um, you know, we've had people that like come in with like past situations where medical care was not done well and right, right. they come in and they're scared and it's like once you can get to the root of like oh I'm just really scared because I had this bad situation or my family has had a bad interaction with healthcare then you're like oh mm -hmm. okay so in that case let's like I'm going to be extra clear of everything that I'm doing and communicating clearly what I'm I'm doing and so I think it, it's you learn a lot there's a there's a lot of things you learn in the healthcare professional that you uh, maybe didn't initially sign up for, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is like learning how to navigate people and their situations and their personal needs. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's developed me a lot as a human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. A, uh, what does it call it? Like a, like, I think it helps towards the sanctifying process because it's like an ongoing daily thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, another question for, for Jamie. Uh, what is the best advice for young people who don't have insurance to get quality health care? So I know you said they kind of had like something going with your organization. 
Yeah. So, and I think a lot of um, like areas have this, but there'll be certain uh, medical teams that offer uh, reduced cost or free health clinics mm-hmm. uh, to people in certain financial situations. And also um, I have several friends that are a part of, um, I, I wish I would have looked up the name of these insurances, but like, I think one of them, and well, they're normally Christian companies where you're giving like $20, $30 a month for insurance. Mm-hmm. And ultimately you're paying back the cost. It's not like big insurance companies where you're, you know, having to pay more. Right. Um, it's a little more affordable and feasible for people who are young or, um, you know, may not have the same financial ability. And honestly, my insurance gets taken out on, from my paycheck before I even see my paycheck. And mm-hmm. when I started seeing how much I was paying in health insurance every month, I was like, wow, this is why most of my friends don't have health insurance in their 20s. Yeah. Is it's it's very expensive. Um, so I would just I would encourage people to research alternate alternative options because they're definitely out there. Yeah. Um, and and I think over the last several years and maybe decade, we've become more aware of how high the cost is. And so there's been more um, options coming out for helping that um not be the case so that people can have health care and have um, insurance. And um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the patients I take care of are on um, Medicare or Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of what they are there for is covered through that. And so that's always helpful um, mm-hmm. for them. And, but there are, it also requires a lot of extra steps in order to make sure that they have all these different things covered. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Like I know right now I have like two more years on my parents' insurance. Um, I'm going to like soak up those two years. I <laughs> have more medical bills I think, <laughs> than I do school bills. Um, but that kind of leads into my question for Shantavia is how does family play a role in a person's overall health or um, any support system for that matter, not just family? Well, um, you typically pick up on the things that you're taught and things that you see. And so however your family feels about health, that's probably how you're going to feel about health because that's what you're exposed to. Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they're everything. The people that are taking care of you, your parents, their opinions first when you're young you know growing up in the house your parents opinions matter very much to you right and so whatever they're whatever they think about something however they react towards something you're going to also take that in and you're more than likely going to reflect that as well until you go out and get more knowledge for yourself so (laughs) it's important that we have the the right mindset and the right uh the right knowledge the right information about things because our kids and our friends and everybody else they're picking up on you know our opinions like people all my friends ask me what do you think about this medical advice people I I cannot tell you how many of my friends have asked me what do you think about the COVID-19 vaccine like you know and so it's like 
you know, your opinion matters. And so everyone else is looking at everybody else. And so it's like, okay, what they doing over here? What are, what's my family doing? And so, yeah, we all trying to do what everybody else is doing. So it's like, let me see what they're doing over here. And so it's just important that we all have the right knowledge and the, the right background information about something. Yeah, I think that's true. Because I feel like I learned a lot in college, I think just socially, because I was so used to like my parents are like, we go to the doctor, we trust the doctors to do you know the things that they need to do. Now, also kind of like to your point earlier, my mom would always tell me, she's like, you have to amp up whatever you're saying, whatever your pain is, because otherwise they're not, you know, they're not going to treat you or they're not going to. And pretty much all the time I've had to do that. And like you said, I get questions and it's not necessarily disparity because I'm like that black friend, you know, and so I don't get as much disparity. I, don't, I think it's like other people that I've known, but in college, just knowing different people and just looking at how like they really mistrusted, like distrusted the, you know, health field and just like how the system works and things like that. And um, seeing the people, other people that trust in the system, but they don't have enough money for it. And you could just see the way that just their upbringing, whatever that was, really influenced um, the way that they see things and the way that they do things. Um, especially like the, the friends of mine that, you know, were raised by older generation, they typically almost never go to the doctor, you know, unless it's just like, absolutely, absolutely have to. But that's also the mentality that a lot of those older people had and had to have, honestly, you know, um, so I totally agree with that. Um, do you think, or did both of you, do you think that mental health should, mental health and physical health should be treated separately or in like a more holistic way and why? Holistic. One hundred percent. I just think like if if you are having mental health issues, mm -hmm. there's like extra roadblocks into building up your physical health as well. Right. Um, I've had seasons. I guess you would call it seasonal depression throughout my life, depending on um, just different seasons. I've struggled with depression, and it's like. Hey, somebody could tell me to work out and eat healthy as much as they wanted in that season. But because my mental health was not good, mm -hmm. there was not that like that desire or that oomph to come behind it. And then on the flip side, your physical health influences your mental health so much. Yes. Um, yes. like part of the, part of the way that I got out of my last season of depression is I just started working out with one of my roommates um, fairly consistently. And it just like that extra little bit of, um, endorphins helped me to just get my brain to think a little bit clearer and help me to kind of dig out of what felt like a hole to me, yeah. um, mentally. And, and I mean, it's becoming more and more scientifically proven that what we put into our body, food, medications, all of that affects our brain chemistry. It affects the way we like function and side effects of medications can right. cause different changes in our mental health and physical health. And so I think it's so important that we treat it all as one and not, especially don't shy away from mental health in its influence on our overall health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, 
Yes, um, I definitely believe in not just treating symptoms, but treating the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can treat this one little thing and something else can pop up and then something else. And there's so many other things that could go wrong. But if you take a look at this person. OK, so what all is going on mm-hmm. and re- analyze, we need people that are willing to take the time to, OK, I'm not just trying to hurry up and prescribe you some medication and get you out of here, but I need to figure out what is actually causing this. And that's why when I found out about the career of physician scientist, I was like, oh, my God, really, that's out there because yeah. I don't yeah. want to just patch people up and send them away just for some other issue to come up. Right. Let's mm-hmm. figure out what's going on in your body. What's going on in your life that's that's causing you to stress? Stress leads to so many other issues. It really and so is. it's not just about treating this one thing. It's about what is causing all of this. There's a catalyst. Yeah. And so we yeah. have to take care of that issue. And so it's, yeah, we have to treat the whole person, not just treat the symptoms. It's, it's so important because everything everything is connected our body, everything in our body is connected. When one thing's out of balance, everything else is going to be out of alignment too sooner or later if it's not fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything in our body is connected. So, and I can attest to like mental health being depressed and even in suicidal, that can cause your body to be drained, your physical body to be drained. So if you think negative thoughts all the time, that will cause your physical, your physical body to be drained. Yes. And it's in your mind. And it's not even anything physical, but it will reflect in your physicality. And so, yeah, we, we have to treat the whole person. We can't just treat this. I think that's so true. Yeah, I think about that because, you know, and I just one thing too, like if like people are like you're young, you're in college, use your health center. If you have a health center, use that health center until like you graduate. Oh my gosh, I was. I literally, when I was taking senior pictures, I was adamant about taking a picture at the health center because I was there all the time. <laughs> and it was just like, there, you would see how they would have a lot of things where they had their own pharmacy at the school and things were cheaper. They weren't cheap necessarily for everyone, but they were cheaper. You know, you had medicines you could get for like $15, $20, things like that. You could go to the dentist there. You could go to, you know, counseling and psychology and things like that. But, um, you know, I feel like uh, if those things were um, put together, I feel like even if you have, you know, a separate doctor, separate, you know, psychologist, whatever, if they're in correspondence with one another, I feel like that would help each of them to give you better service, you know, and and to help you help you to understand what some things are going on. Um, And then, like you guys said, you know, like the whole depression thing you know, this summer was very difficult. And, you know, there was times where I like literally would just like lay on the floor and I just wouldn't want to get up. Like, I just wouldn't want to get up. I just wouldn't lay there. And that really affected like my health and especially like my energy level and things like that. And, you know, kind of like circling back to what we were saying earlier, it's like, if, and not to say that depression is anyone's fault, but if you, you know, if you're depressed, it's extremely difficult to serve the Lord in any way because you are not motivated to do anything. <laughs> you're barely even motivated to get up and go somewhere or eat something or, you know, do other things. And so, and it's different for everybody, but, you know, for me, it was just very difficult in that season to do anything, um, let alone, you know, serve the Lord in any way that was really good or anything, you know. 
um, meaningful. And so anyways, all of that to say, I think it, it should definitely be a, a holistic approach because I feel like that would be better for the patient. And I think it would also help a lot of other things come together and people realize, okay, these things that we thought were connected, we're seeing in these patients are actually connected. Um, so anyways, <laughs> um, and then COVID. Yes. You mentioned COVID. That's definitely something we need to talk about. So uh, Jamie, how has being in a healthcare industry during COVID-19 pandemic uh, changed your view of the American healthcare system? Oh, it's a great question. Um, man, I think, I mean, I, I think one thing that I found really interesting is most, most healthcare professionals, when everybody was like, you know, cheering us on back in March and April and May, and like everybody's aware of all of a sudden, doctors and nurses are these heroes. Mm -hmm. Most of my coworkers, we would say we just kept showing up and doing what we've always done. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to have this sudden, like suddenly all of your friends and family are like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for what you do. And which is so nice. Don't get me wrong. It was so nice, but it also is like, Hey, we're just, this is our job and we love to take care of people. Yeah. every day. Um, I think, I think it has become more aware. I think it's made me more aware of like, um, just, I mean, it stretched us to our limit as a healthcare like system. Mm -hmm. And so like people coming in and us having to, you're, you're figuring out how to treat patients. Right as the world is figuring out, you know? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, like going back to what we were saying earlier, like people are looking to you to have all the answers yeah. and you aren't having the answers because this isn't something we studied in school. Right. Um, and even people asking me about like, well, what are your thoughts about the immunity and it only lasting three to however many months? I'm like, honestly, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how that is working because normal, you know, like normally this is how you would say a virus affects people mm -hmm. and COVID has been affecting people in such vast different ways Right. that as a medical professional, it's like things are constantly changing right. inside hospitals of how you're treating patients and what medicines you should or shouldn't give. And like, um, in, Sadly, a lot of doctors are having to make choices of, because we have, we lack certain supplies like ventilators, they're having to make hard choices of um, who gets a ventilator. And, yeah. and that is not so much where I'm working or in my town, but like in, you know, New York City and these other places that were really hard hit. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's human beings having to carry the weight of that decision. And so my heart just goes out to those doctors and nurses that were in the really hard hit areas and the decisions they had to make and the way that they had to truly lay down their life, sacrifice months of their lives to care for other people day in and day out, yeah. working such long hours. And so I think I am seeing a lot of 
people not necessarily in my area because pediatrics isn't hit as much, but in our ERs and other places where they're just, they're burned out and they need their mental health is, is struggling. Their physical health is struggling. And um, so I think that's been really hard to see uh, really amazing nurses just be so overwhelmed. And so it's been hard, but it's also been really cool to see the way that the medical community has banded together and are like, okay, let's figure this thing out. Let's we're in it together. We're going to make it work, you know? So. And then uh, my question for you, Shantavia, about COVID is like a lot of people are like working from home, doing school online. Um, Do you think that the amount of screen time a person has per day affects their health? Because like a lot of people don't have choices anymore. And so what do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. And first of all, it's not even healthy to be sitting at a desk for an hour and hours and hours inside. You're not getting any sunlight. Right. You're not getting any vitamin D. You're not getting, you know, any nutrients from being outside or anything. And so, yeah, last semester was, Ooh, last semester was rough for me. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was literally Zoom calls literally all day, class, work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, we even work online now. And so it's like class and work from eight to five. Wow. I'm sitting at a desk at a computer from eight to five. It not healthy at all. And it cost me to be tired and drained all the time I was like well I'm not even really doing anything so why am I tired and drained but it's because we're not getting any nutrients so it's like what are we doing you know and so now we're having to people are taking so many vitamins now trying to build up their immune system trying to get all the nutrients you know that we get just naturally from being outside and so yeah it's it's different but it's it's kind of hard but yeah, I don't, it's not healthy at all. <laughs> no. Well, I'm get outside and walk. I would highly suggest it, at least for a few minutes, get outside mm-hmm. and walk around, you know, wear your mask and everything, but get outside, walk around, let the sun hit your skin. Okay. <laughs> um, we were actually in my bioseminar class and it was so crazy because I didn't even think about this, but he was telling us how, you know, we're seeing that a lot of Black people are more than likely, you know, to die from the virus and all this. And he said it's because there is a vitamin D deficiency in Black people. And and it's we're not addressing that. And then we're being indoors all the time. We're not going anywhere. So we're definitely not getting any vitamin D. But even the little bit that we were getting, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so it's not helping our immune system be sitting, you know, at a desk all day long so yeah we just we kind of have to we have to find some kind of a balance I know it's hard with everything that's going on but yeah it's definitely not helpful to be sitting at your desk all day long that's interesting and then you mentioned that too and when I uh was kind of depressed my senior year they said that my vitamin d was really low and that that was causing some of the issue too and so I had to get on I think it was like 25,000 units or something like that a week to, you know, boost up my vitamin D until I could get on regular vitamin D. And so it's like, like a triple 
threat, you know what I mean? To be, <laughs> to be inside. And so, um, yeah, we've, I've definitely been taking like a lot of vitamins and things like that. And it helps. It really does help. Oh man. Um, oh, sorry. oh, I was just going to say when I work night shift, uh, my oldest sister gave me a box of vitamin D because she was like, she's like, you're never going to go outside. You're never going to see the sun. And I was like, I'm going to see it on my days off. But it really did make such a big difference. I would take vitamin D. And the first time I worked nights, I didn't. And mm-hmm. I like would get sick all the time and like mentally was just like struggling. And then the second time I like took my vitamin D and she would like text, she would text me and be like, have you taken your vitamin D? And it really did make a difference. And in my immune system and just my mental health. But I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's totally something. That's something I would do. Yeah. I'd be like, you're gonna For you're sure. gonna take this. You're yeah. gonna <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Last question. Man, I'm debating which one. I wanna ask all of them, but I can't do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is the thing when you when you think so much you wanna ask everything. Um Okay, I'm gonna do two more. I'm gonna do two more because I can't decide. Uh, for this is both of these are gonna be for both of you. Um, what are some resources of any form that could help young people understand the importance of health and or the healthcare system in America? I'm trying. Well, for me, school, um, they actually do, especially as of late, they've been sending us a lot of emails with things to keep up with, places to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any specifically, you know, written out or anything right now, but there are places um, that you can go that actually hold seminars. And there are actually been people that have been holding Zoom meetings and things like that to educate people on what's going on and how important it is to take care of yourself. Uh, the CDC girl has been having Zooms. And it's crazy. I was on a couple of them um, when I was doing a research project over the summer. And they were basically, you know, telling us the ins and outs of everything that was going on and what we could do to help, you know, reduce the spread and things. And so with everything that's going on, there are definitely people trying to get the word out about, you know, different things, different resources that you uh, could take part in to, you know, help you understand what's going on, first of all, and then what you need to do in response to that. Yeah. Cool. Um, I would probably say, just generalized overall overall health and COVID-19 stuff, I would say just re- do your research yeah. and find it from reputable sources. Um, and I think for me, the, like I've grown a lot in preventative health measures and wanting to like take care of my body and other things and really researching like, oh my gosh, like food matters, working out matters. How can I make this a daily routine? Mm-hmm. What do I need to know? You know, and like, um, I think, so when I was in high school, my my dad was on a very common medication to treat blood pressure. And he had like a 
he was watching a commercial and they listed the side effects and he was like, Oh my gosh, this is like my side effect. Like yeah. he had told my mom, like, I think I'm going to die in the next two years because he felt so bad. Oh my gosh. And so he looked it up and he was like, Oh my gosh, I think it's this medication. He got off of it, started working out, eating healthy. And like, he doesn't have to take that medicine anymore because wow. he was able to like control it through researching like how can I lower my blood pressure naturally how can I do this this and this so I just would encourage people to like own their health um and of course healthcare is always there when you need it um and I would I would encourage young people to research like what are places that I can go to that would give me um the healthcare that I need like researching doctors researching do I want to do more of a holistic health route? Do I want to just have a general practitioner? Do I want to, you know, like really researching and talking to people? Sorry, there was a fly. Um, <laughs> but really talking to people about your health and like your health goals and um, and like learning from other people and, and grasping like taking references from other people. I think when we're young, we, you, people are like, you need to get a, you know, PCP, um, primary care provider. And you're like, where do I even start with that? Like, I didn't choose my pediatrician. So like, how do I start that journey? And I think for me, that was a huge blockade initially was I was like, I don't even know how to start. Like, I don't know who a good primary care provider in, in my area is and mm-hmm. like how do I get to that and yeah I would just say own own your health yeah I agree with both of those I think on top of that I think I would say also like if you have any local clinics or a local clinic I think I would like look into research and see what they have and what they have available and just different things like that and who they have as providers um and then also like a lot of the times the clinics will have other providers or other companies or organizations that they work with that can help. And then also like Shantavia said, school, um, we had the healthcare center and then we also had a separate organization that would help um, get people just knowledge about different things, uh, just like a huge variety of just different um, topics. They had stuff for um, like STDs, they had stuff for rape victims, they had stuff for, um, health and heart health and mental health. And so I think just getting involved and just looking into whatever your community has. Now, I do know from being in a small town and growing up small town, that's not always readily available. Um, but even like I have an app, like a period app, it's called Float, and it's like the best app ever. But they even have so many just articles upon articles on so many things, and it's so informative. Um, which that doesn't really help the guys, but I mean, you can get that app anyways and still learn a lot. <laughs> so, um, and then the last question for both of you, um, what verse do you think describes the important of, importance of health? Good um. <laughs> <The> question. <laughs> Um, one of them, I just had to find it here. Um, first Corinthians 6 and 19. 
It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? And then verse 20 goes on to say, for you were bought a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in spirit, which are God. Yeah. So our bodies are temples of the Lord, and we should use our bodies to glorify God, but we can't glorify God if, if we're not healthy. We right. can't glorify God if we don't have any energy. We can't, you know, do what we're supposed to do. So. That's so true. That was the verse I was going to say. <laughs> It's a good verse. It's a good verse. It I is, agree. It is such a great verse. And I think it's really helped me to really be like, okay, my body is not just mine. Like I get to choose what I do with it, but like ultimately I am the Lord's. So I want to even honor God with my body mm -hmm. um, and with my choices of what I do with my body, you know? So yeah. There's also a verse that says, oh my gosh, and I love it. I love it. It pretty much says the same thing. It's in Colossians, and then it's also in uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31, I think. And it says that whether you eat or drink, mm -hmm. or whatever you do, let it be to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So why do you specify eat or drink? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, of course he means things other than eat or drink, but he decided to use that simple you know, everyday thing that we do. He said, even if you're eating and drinking, right. it should be for the glory of God. So what you're eating and drinking, what you're putting into your body, it definitely matters. Right. Wow. I honestly, this may sound dumb, but I've never thought about that verse as a way of like, oh, what I eat and drink, I should honor my body and honor the word with. Like eating healthy matters. Like, I don't yeah. know why that's never really clicked, but I just always thought like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to honor him with my daily tasks and I eat and drink every day, you know? Yeah. So that's really, I don't know why that never clicked in my mind, but of those moments all the time. Of those moments. <laughs> oh man, this was so fun. I'm so glad I was patient. Yes. It was hard, yeah. but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So I appreciate y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for doing this and believing in this vision that yeah. is slowly but surely coming together. I'm really yeah. excited about this. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just want to... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. Oh, no, go ahead. Girl, I just want to say, you're going to change the world. Oh, I, no, do that. <laughs> I was listening to you talk, and I was like, this woman... I literally got chills at one point. I was like, she's going to change the world i receive it because i literally just feel like you carry the empathy of god but you also carry this really clear strength of like you know exactly what you need to stand up for to speak into but you carry so much empathy and i can just tell like you're gonna care so much for your patients and wow. i just have been wanting to tell you that the whole time <laughs> Well, glory be to God. Bless. Glory be to God. Well, you know what? Now I also have to say something about you. Okay. Amen. This is <laughs> this is the glory of the Lord. The Lord is moving now. <laughs> um I don't just the way that you carry yourself, what I see when you speak, you're intentional, uh, you mean what you say, you do have a heart for people. 
And I just want to encourage you to continue to be like that. Don't cause anything to move you or shake you out of that, but continue to walk in that. It's beautiful. Thank you. This is adorable. Man, I love these things. See, people can come together even in the midst of a pandemic and talk about stuff. Yeah. And I would love to connect with you. So get my number or something. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Because I wanted to connect with you. I was like, You're I okay. Amen. I just want to know where you go, like what you end up doing. And yeah, I just, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in both of you, honestly. Look at God making connections. I love it. Bridging <laughs> gaps and all kinds of stuff. This Hallelujah. Oh, man. All right, y'all. Well, I appreciate y'all. I'm going to end it here. All right. Thank you, Mariah. You're welcome. Thank y'all. Hey, guys. What's up? I really appreciate you checking out this podcast today. If you want to follow these ladies on social media, it'll all be in the description below. And never forget to share this with a young person you know and to help those around you in the way God is calling you to. Bye.